Welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast hosted by prep to prep along with Nate Smith and Harold Aben. I am Danny Cada. Today we are talking about the decision by the northern section of the California Interscholastic Federation, which decided to opt out of last week's CIF recommendation and begin play with fall sports as originally scheduled. We will be joined later by a pair of football coaches in the northern section, Ryan Reynolds of Sutter High School and Mark Cooley of Pleasant Valley High School in Chico. Guys, what do you guys, what do you think of the decision by Northern Section to kind of go their own way? Well, yeah, they're, they're really trying. The athletic directors up there, they have a lot of small schools. And I know one of the big considerations up there is maybe not necessarily where the football season lies, but the fact that on the two-season model, basketball and baseball sit together. And that will make a lot of those schools either juggle the same athletes and have to figure out what day of the week they're doing which or potentially drop one of those sports that they just don't have enough kids that can that can handle two at the same time. And so that's a big consideration is they want to try to go with a three-season model, allow their kids two or three-sport athletes, which are the majority of their student-athletes, especially the smaller schools up there, to compete in a full season. Um, you know, looking at the way the pandemic has spread, we don't know how realistic that's going to be in the coming months. But I do believe that's been a driving force between their decision to opt out and say, we want to start as early as possible go with three full seasons if possible and give our student athletes the best chance of having a complete three sport, um, you know, attempt at their, at their junior, senior year of high school. I think what you're, what you're going to find when we talk uh, to coach Reynolds and coach Cooley, because preliminarily when, when we asked him, when I asked him to come on, uh, we discussed a couple of the issues. And one of the things we're going to talk about is I think you're going to find that both of these coaches are not in favor of going to the fall because there's kind of a divide, like Nate said, between the smaller and the larger schools. And although Sutter is a smaller school, they play a large school schedule because of the success they've had in the last 11 years under, under Coach Reynolds. And, you know, I mean, but they're outvoted because I guess around two-thirds of the schools in the northern section are small. And so – they're the kind of the driving force. But I think what you're going to find from these coaches is they'd rather stay with the CIF schedule. And there's a bit of a geographical divide as well, right? I mean, the further north, correct me if I'm wrong, but the further north you go, the smaller the schools get, right? And also the less, the less prevalent the pandemic is. Is that yeah, correct? Well, I, was, I, mean, I, I was in the town, uh, Surprise Valley, a couple of weeks ago, and they had two seniors in their school. They have a combined junior high and high school. Okay, and I mean, they've got like 40 kids in the school, uh, two seniors. So, I mean, you know, that gives you an idea of how small some of the schools are up there. The school over the hill from them, Modoc of Alturas, has about 350 kids. Okay, so they're still very, very small, very small. Well, and, yeah, I mean, and you bring it up up there, you know, weather also becomes a big factor in those winter months. Right. And turf fields are not as prevalent as they are down here in the Bay Area. So the, the prospect of playing, you know, outdoor sports in general for them in January, February, and early March can be an iffy proposition when it comes to field conditions. And I know that's another, another part of it right there is trying to work that out. I mean, the solution to me seems fairly obvious, right? I mean, there's, there's, you have a geographical situation. Of course, there's safety with the pandemic and some of the counties in the southern part of the northern section are still on the watch list. Right. Whereas you go the further north you go, the, the, the less prevalent um, coronavirus is. So it seems to me that the most rational decision, again, I don't know how the all the mechanics come into play, would be just to let the very far north schools and the leagues up there do their own thing get and play in the fall. And then 
you know, the, the ones that are kind of centered around more like in the Chico, in the Chico area where it's the kind of where the, where Sutter is and some of the other schools that they would just go ahead and play in the, in the January timeframe, like the rest of the state's doing. And Reading, Reading also the schools, Reading has two large schools and, you know, I, we could, we could talk with coach Cooley about that tomorrow, you know, we talk with him, but you know, it is going to be, uh, they want they want to go they want to go with the CIF also and you know Reading is a town of ninety thousand people so I mean it's not exactly a small area but you know all the schools around them are all very small. I mean, wouldn't that wouldn't that something like that solve the problem, Nate? As far as I mean, at least trying to make as many people happy as possible because obviously you're not going to make a decision that pleases everybody. But I mean, whenever whenever you look at a situation like this, the first the first the first concern should be the students, the, the, the safety of the kids themselves and the coaches and, and, and safety as a whole, but particularly with the kids involved. Um, you don't want to put them in a situation where they're in danger. Now, like, again, the further north you go in California, th there's almost no pandemic to speak of up there. So you're not putting them in well, harm's way in that regard. One of the things that we could bring up with, with the coaches, and you might hear us bring up, is, is the fact that the leagues there do tend to have a split that matches their student population. And so, you know, whereas here in the North Coast section, we might see a Division Two, Division Three, Division Four, and Division Five school all in the same league. Right. That's not the case in the Northern section. They really do have their leagues divided up by population. So, if the smaller schools really insist on starting in the fall, and the larger schools really insist on starting on the CAF model, there exists the pop the 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 chance that they could go ahead and do that and say, okay. These leagues are going to go on the CIF model. These leagues are going to go on their own fall model. There's that chance there, and, and that discussion could still be had within the section. Um, interesting to see you know, how those steps are taking place because at the end of this last week, we did hear that some of the larger leagues would like to move to the CIF model, and they had those discussions as a league. So this is going to really be a developing story. Um, you know, it's, Part of it's going to be whether or not the county is on the watch list, whether they can reopen their schools. And, and then just doing what, like you said, what's best for student athletes going forward. And, and that might mean that a section does not stay as a unified section for this one exception year. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, the, the thing we have to take into account, but this is obviously a very exceptional situation and, and everybody needs to be a little bit flexible again, to, to provide the best outcome for the student athletes in particular, because I mean, they only get to go through high school once. Right. So I think those are the people that we want to take care of the most. And I think if that's kept in mind when it comes to these decisions, we'll probably end up on the right track. So, yeah. And so we've we've, we've been trying to give we've been trying to give as many people as possible a voice. And so now we're going to give it to the northern section, and people are going to find out. Our listeners are going to find out exactly what really is going on up there, and how people feel up there, and what the various possibilities are. So we're really looking forward to talking to Ryan Reynolds of Sutter High School and Mark Cooley of Pleasant Valley. And hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for listening. So today we are joined by head football coach Ryan Reynolds, who is entering his 12th season at Sutter High School in Sutter, California. Reynolds has completed, has compiled a 114 and 28 record overall at Sutter and his teams have never had a losing season. Sutter has captured eight league championships and five CIF Northern Section titles during Reynolds' tenure. 
Brian, thanks for coming on. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. So it's it seems like the northern section has decided to go its own way by starting the football season in the fall, um, bucking the guidelines presented by CAF last week. What are your thoughts about that decision? Um, a little bit frustrated, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, if we go that route, then obviously we're going to be uh, left out of any type of state playoff format. So we're kind of forfeiting that. And I'm not very happy about that. Neither is our coaching staff or our, you know, our, our kids, you know, and hoping that we have a shot again at something like that. Now, now how much input do you as, as coaches have in a, in a situation like this? Zero. <laughs> That's a pretty important uh, response there, Ryan. And, and, you know, we, we've, we've now heard, of course, late last week, there's a lot of talk that the northern section, you know, might reverse course on that and, and that the, especially the larger schools might push back and rejoin the CIF. And, you know, when we talked to Ron Setti last week, you know, that he did say if, it, if the northern section reverses course and wants to be on the CIF schedule, they'll gladly welcome him into that. You know, is there a likely scenario right now or is it really up in the air? Uh, to be honest with you, I personally believe it's inevitable. Um, there are, well, let's just say all the schools below Chico, Chico and below, uh, you know, down to us, Wheatland Winters, uh, we're all in counties that are currently on the governor's watch list. And it's going to take a while to get off of that list. And I don't think it's, it's, um, I don't think it's reasonable to think that we're going to be playing football in September, let alone October. Why, why, you know, you had mentioned when we talked earlier about when we set this call up, this Zoom call up, you had mentioned, and, and I, I know you, you, you don't want to get too heavily into the politics and we don't want to get you in trouble, but you had mentioned that there, there's basically a split between the larger and the smaller schools. And like, I, I was, I told you, I was up your way a couple of weeks ago, you know, and I can understand why, you know, MacArthur Fall River or, or Bernie or, or uh, Modoc or these areas out there where, where they don't really have a problem. I can understand why they want to get started, but, you know, I mean, how is that going to, how, what advantage is that going to give them? I don't understand. I, I just don't understand the advantage there. I, I, they're not looking for an advantage. Um, the argument that they're making is that they're small schools and they depend on all of their athletes to fill, to fill teams in all three sports seasons. And um, they don't feel like it's realistic for them to be able to have sports overlap as the CIF model presents. They also have coaches that coach multiple sports. And um, so I don't think they're looking for an advantage. They're just looking for a way to get it in so their kids can play. Um, and, you know, historically, they're not overexcited about the, the idea of state playoffs. They usually opt out. A lot of the schools will opt out because they're so small. Um, the, but the one thing that they are – overlooking is that there are smaller schools in the Valley that are in their leagues that are on the watch list that will be left out. If they play in the fall, schools like Biggs um, won't have the opportunity to play. Uh, Maxwell, um, P 
Pierce. I mean, there's many of them. Calusa. So. But but could part of could like maybe the, the teams way up north, the small league way up there, could they maybe get started, and then the rest of you don't get started? I mean, what discussion has been made about that? Or, or they could. Just, it, they could, and I, I think there have been talks uh, in regards to that. Um, I was told as of Friday that the larger schools in our section that represent the Eastern Athletic League all voted, their administrators voted to push back to January and follow the CIF calendar, um, which makes me believe we're going to follow them officially fo I would think we've officially followed them sometime soon uh, because we play a number of those schools in our preseason schedule. Um, but then I was told today that our section commissioner knew nothing about that meeting and those votes and that your it was news to section, her. Your section commissioner is on vacation right now. And so I, I was able, we, we were going to try and get her on as part of this podcast, not with you, but as part of it, but she's not going to be back uh, until the 7th of August. So, or the 4th of August, I guess. And so that, that kind of put a crimp in that because we did want to get her position on this. Um, but I guess you kind of said that you guys, just for our listeners too, who don't know the Eastern League, tell, tell us who's in there because it's more than just, it's more than just you guys in the Chico area. It goes all the way up to Reading and stuff. Who's, who's in that league, Ryan? Right, so we're we're not in that league. We're in the BBU no, league. You're in the so, but we play crossover games with the EAL. Right, and that's comprised of Chico, Enterprise, uh, Pleasant Valley, mm -hmm. Shasta, Foothill, Red Bluff, all the large schools in our all section. the large schools. Mm -hmm. And so you yeah. traditionally, as one of the powers, even though you're a small school, you you, you know you you've scheduled a lot of those teams every year, correct? Correct. Now, now, my understanding is, I mean, you mentioned about the small schools wanting to have uh, a system set up so that it would accommodate their athletes and potentially their coaches. But it seems to me that the schools way, way far north are the, they're the exception rather than the rule when it comes to the northern northern section. Is that accurate? Be because my understanding is that, I mean, obviously you can't go to CIF if you don't go through northern northern section. So if it seems to me that right. the logical the logical solution would be well. If a lot of the northern section schools want to be able to participate in CIF and they are in um, areas where they're still you know, on the watch list, it seems to me that the exception really should be more in favor of the, the fall should be the exception as opposed to the rule, I guess is what I'm saying. But, but Brian, you said they have more votes. That's the thing. They outvote you guys. The smaller schools outvote you guys. Is that correct? Yeah, there's more of them. I think of our 73 schools in our section, there's 40-something, like 49 that are below 500 students. So they kind of have the <laughs> the voting power, if you will. Is this, like that, electoral, no, no. is this like an electoral college situation up in the northern <laughs> section? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Now, Ryan, you already alluded to that you do believe it's inevitable that the northern section will align with the CIF. But let's say that the small schools would hold the vote. Has there been any talk around the larger schools who are on the watch list of saying, well, is there a way that you could, is there a way, for example, you could petition away from the section schedule, you know, for one year 
and play, you know, find your own non-league games, find other non-league games, play just your leagues. Um, and would you call it that, that or try, try to get into a regional game without playing through section? I don't, I don't know if that'd be possible. Um, <laughs> it's a good question. We, um, I don't, I don't know if, if all of you are aware or not, but we petitioned to leave our section and we're leaving in 2022. We're joining the Sacco Keen section. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that they would give us an early out because there's nowhere for us to go in the Sac Joaquin as far as the league. The realignment occurs when we enter in 2022. Um, I, you know, the way the language was written as I read it from our section, each division is going to have the opportunity to vote to see if we want to start later. Um, and, and, you know, or stay early. And um, it would be my, you know, my guess that when that occurs, um, I think the teams in our division and the division above us that's already decided, they already decided they're going to move. We would all want to move most likely, I would think, until January, the CIF dates. Um, so are you, saying, are you saying that uh, some of the other larger schools have also asked a petition out of the uh, northern section, or is it just no, 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 not out of the northern section, just just to start later. Okay, I'm just talking about for this season. For this year, uh -huh. so, so logical. It seems pretty logical that they're giving you guys by division. Um, if that if that's what comes to fruition, the opportunity to make that you know move by division, because then you could stay in your playoff brackets, you know whether that be fall or into January, and and play through in the line with the CIF. What, what about some other sports that are scheduled to start? What, what do you hear from those coaches at Sutter and that with their, their, their sports are scheduled to start now? Are they wanting to hold back also or what? You know, I, uh, to be honest with you, I have not collaborated with any other uh, coaches from the other sports. Um, I, I mean, I could speculate. Take cross-country, for example. Um, our cross-country program has been – very successful the last few years and have competed at the state level every year. And I don't, I know those coaches well, and I don't think that they would want to forego the opportunity to compete, compete at the state level. Um, our volleyball program has done very, very well, um, but not at the state level. <laughs> so I don't know if, if our volleyball coach would be fine just playing a league schedule and, Maybe or and or section playoffs and not state. I don't know. I haven't talked to her, um, but I but I would imagine cross country would be all for staying with the CIF model. Ryan, a quick question aside from the, the potential CIF model, not CIF model. You guys are really like you mentioned. You're going into the Sackwalk Canyon. You guys in Wheatland, right, in 2022, and and you're really kind yeah. of in between geographically. Um, how do you envision, do you already see any impact to your potential schedule non-league wise with travel and travel restrictions or, or have you not heard anything about that so far? So I haven't heard anything about that because we are just kind of, we're, we're in a holding pattern and we have to wait and see what's going to happen. And that, that's what's been most frustrating about this whole experience is that if our 
commissioner would have followed the CIF model, we could have lined everything up. Right now, we don't know what's going to happen, what date we're going to start. And we do have two opponents that are out of section in our preseason that, you know, we, we don't even know. We can't even contact them because we don't know. Um, I'm hoping they don't give away our spot in anticipating that we're going to start in January. Um, but if I'm one of those coaches and I want to fill my schedule, I don't want to wait around, you know. Um, so we had Del Campo out of Sacramento and then Campo Lindo um, as our two out-of-section non-conference games. I mean, this is – this is take it. go ahead, no. Go ahead, Danny. No, I was just going to say, I mean, this is a, a really touchy situation, right, because we have we – have, health concerns and, and students, you know, potentially being exposed. And, and again, the geography of the Northern section, as you're describing is, is pretty vast. Uh, it would seem to me that there would be a, a strong argument. I mean, on the one hand, of course, as competitors, you want to compete at the highest level possible, but there's also, well, now we have a lot a, a huge logistical challenge of trying to get a season together you know, in a matter of a couple of months here, assuming it even happens on the time on the time schedule we were talking about here. And so I'm just wondering, like, how, how does that, I mean, I don't know if you're privy to these discussions or these meetings or these votes or all these different scenarios that are occurring, but how does that come into play here? Because, yeah, I understand a small school, uh, you would want the student to be able to have the experience of playing the three sports and you need to fill out the rosters, but there's a, there's a, there's a major pandemic going on as well. And there's a major health scare here. And, I just wonder how the discussion is taking place in Northern section, considering that's the only section out of the 10 that has this issue right now. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been involved in any of those discussions other than with, um, you know, other coaches that I'm, that I know real well. Uh, and there's quite a few of us that collaborate uh, frequently. Um, but as far as, you know, at the administrative level and the decision makers, I haven't had any conversations with them other than my, my administrators. We talk all the time. I mean, is there any, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I mean, is there any, is there any thought to like, uh, and I don't know the, all the mechanics of your league, but if like say your league, can your league make a decision to opt out essentially of the NS and move into the, the January schedule and then sometimes somehow try to petition the CIF into the playoffs because again we're talking about a once in a lifetime hopefully it's a once in a lifetime situation yeah um from what from what I understood again from the language that I read from the section when they made their decision that did sound like that was an option if you know if a league and or leagues from a division get together and vote to move to the later date you could do that uh, our commissioner's leaving it up up to each level to decide. And then, of course, the county health officers are the ones that are the final straw that are driving the whole thing to give us permission. I, I, I like, you know, once again, to me, it gets back to inevitable, right? Like you mentioned, and you're on the county watch, you're on the state's watch list of the county. So I'm going to be under the assumption that you're playing under the same rules like here in Contra Costa, where you're, you can't do anything with your kids right now. And so, so with that being the case, other than virtual and whatnot, um, but with that being the case, I would assume in your mind, especially knowing the system you run, you know, the, the intricacies that you need to teach kids and have them run through, they, we're already pressing up on a timeline where even if you were given the green light, say, 
in a month from now, that's not a very good timeline to be able to play in September or even October with having kids in realistic football shape. Um, what's the latest do you think you guys can push this decision to before you just have to say, we're in January on the CIF model? We're a little bit unique because we just went on that watch list, uh, I want to say a week or two ago, uh, and we had been allowed to start workouts. We we're one of the first programs, you know, our, our, our county and Yuba County were the first two counties that were allowed by our health officer to conduct social distancing workouts. So we have been going up until last week. We finally shut it down because because not knowing when we're going to start. And my concern with the athletes is that we've been going since May. And if this drags out to January, we can't keep doing what we're doing without burning the kids out, you know. And um, so the answer to your question is I feel like, you know, we could be ready to play a game rather quickly uh, because of the advantage we've had um, being able to do what we've been able to do so far. Um, now other programs that haven't been able to do anything, there's no way. I mean, they need time. There's no, no question. Obviously, I mean, we know, I mean, having, having, having been to practices and stuff, pardon, pardon my phone, uh, having been to practices and stuff, we, we know the kids want to play. Okay. But I mean, the kids and the parents, how, how do they feel? Do they want to, do they want to go in the fall or are they willing to wait? Um, our, our kids want to play for a, a championship and go as far as they can go. I mean, that's, that's the consensus amongst all of them uh, and their parents as well. So kind of when the decision came out from the section, it, it did bum a lot of people out. Um, uh, you know, if we were to start play early and forego the state playoffs, um, at the end of the day, everybody agrees we want a season of some sort, uh, whatever that may be. But, you know, if there's going to be some sort of state playoff and, that, and that's reality, then we definitely would want to be included in that uh, to have the opportunity for that. You know, we have, a, we have another good group right now, and um, they've worked really hard you know, for this and you got to definitely feel for the seniors. Well, yeah. And I mean, I guess, you know, in the, in the case of Sutter, I know you're chopping at the bit, you know, you've been to a few, you've been to a few regional games and I know you'd like to win one, you know? And yeah. so <laughs> you, have, you haven't won one yet, but I know you'd like to win one. So right. there's a special incentive even for you guys too. I mean, you've been, you've, been to, five, you've been to five games, right? You know, so yeah. Six could be the lucky charm for you. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Well, Danny, I think uh, I think we've 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 had a great discussion with Coach Reynolds, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be talking with one of his friends and counterparts up there, Coach Mark Cooley, tomorrow from Pleasant Valley, and we'll see what his take is on it. But uh, I, I think uh, we want to really thank Coach Ryan Reynolds uh, from Sutter for taking the time to be with us and uh, give us his thoughts on how he feels and how the people of Sutter feel uh, about, you know, the possibility of, of starting in the fall or waiting until January. Yeah, and one of the things, Ryan, that came up, just the last point here, is one of the things that came up last week when the CF came down with their decision, and a lot of coaches 
in different sports that have talked about this is that feeling of certainty that at least we have now um, as coaches down in, in all the other sections. And I guess for you, I, we, we, we feel bad for you and empathize with you in the sense that you have, in addition to just having to deal with this, uh, this pandemic and trying to get a team prepared and trying to console kids and who are really going through an uncertain time that now you have a CIF state or regional championship that you won't be able to participate at least as it stands now and you have this uh -huh. uncertainty of i don't know when this is gonna when this is gonna come down so we definitely empathize with that um you know from coach to coach here but um like like, like harold said we really appreciate you taking the time to to explain really to, to our listeners what the situation is because um really of the of the 10 sec of the 10 sections in california nine have some certainty now and unfortunately right. for the only one that doesn't is the northern section so well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, Coach, that you guys are able to to compete with the rest of the CIF. Uh, I know, I know they're chomping at the bit to get going up there, but I think the overall experience will be better if you join the rest of us. Well, like everything else, we'll get the, like everything else, we'll get the lawyers involved, Ryan, and we'll hopefully get you guys into the CIF playoffs, uh, like you guys, like you guys deserve. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Ryan. Appreciate having you on. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Coach. Good Great to see you again. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, we're joined today by head football coach Mark Cooley, who is entering his ninth season at Pleasant Valley High School in Chico. After taking over a program that had limited success the previous decade, Cooley has compiled a 61-39 and 39 record at Pleasant Valley, despite an aggressive non-league schedule and playing in the Eastern League, the top big school league in the CIF Northern Section. His teams have won or shared three league titles, captured four Northern Section Division II titles, two CIF Northern Regional Bowl Game Championships, and two CIF State Bowl Game titles. His 2016 team traveled to Long Beach, where they won their first CIF title with a 50-49 overtime victory over St. Anthony of Long Beach in the Division 4A title game. In 2018, the Vikings won another CIF title with a 43-13 win over Central Valley Christian of Visalia in the 4AA title game. Mark, thanks so much for coming on. How are you today? Good. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's, uh, appreciative, and uh, it's going to be fun. Well, there's obviously a lot to talk about considering the Northern section being the, the one example or the one exception to the rule that CIF laid out last week. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Um, you know, I, I, I think from the very beginning, it was everybody's intention, you know, up in this area to try and play in the fall and keep things as normal as possible. Um, and then as things started to unfold and you see that that's not going to happen, um, you know, just kind of sitting there playing the waiting game. Well, then all of a sudden the state comes out with their guidelines. And the next thing I hear is that we're still going to try to play in the fall. So I think that kind of caught some people by surprise. The fact that the state was recommending something and then we were going to do something different. Um, but, you know, here we are now. The, the, the thinking, you know, amongst a lot of us, you know, that are in the media and that follow things and that know, you know, we know you guys, we know the small school situation up there. I mean, you guys basically got outvoted by the small schools. I think didn't most of the larger schools, I mean, I know you can't speak for the Reading schools, but 
did they want did they want to go fall too, or were they, were they, did they want to stay with the CIF and play for a state championship possibly? You, you know, I, I think it was everyone's intention to try to play in the fall. Um, you know, and hoping that the state was going to still continue to do that. Well, then once you start hearing that the southern section is in the boat that they were in, um, none of us up in this area were in that same situation. We weren't on any watch lists. Um, we were able to practice for three to four weeks over the summer. So um, I, I think it caught, you know, everyone kind of by surprise. And again, I wasn't at the meeting, so I, I can't speak as to really what the vote was um, or, or who voted what way. Um, but I think the intention was let's play in the fall because we're not in that situation. Well, me personally, I, I didn't understand that if we were going to play in the fall that we would have been opted out of the state playoff system. Um, you know, so once that kind of came down, then it was like, um, well, you know, we're, we're going to do what our section wants us to do. But at the same time, I, I know myself, my coaching staff and our athletes, you know, we, we want to play for the top spot in high school football. And, you know, that's, that's the Super Bowl and the state bowl game. And that's where everybody wants to play for. Um, so, you know, that was our goal from the, from the get go. Um, go ahead. Well, no, I, what I was going to say is that's, I mean, that's precisely why I wanted to have both you and Coach Reynolds on because you guys have, have, have advanced further. I mean, you've won a couple of state championships. Yeah. So now you got a taste. Once you get a taste, you know, I mean, you want to get another taste. Mm -hmm. 100%. <laughs> well, the other, thing, the other thing that comes into play here is, you know, especially with football, it's such a high preparation game, and there's still a lot of uncertainty. I mean, there is it's, – it's being uh, – you know, termed as like a final decision, but obviously nothing's really final right now. So what we do know is the other nine sections, there's no way they're playing in the fall, right? And and you guys right. are maybe still in this kind of holding pattern where it may turn out that you end up coming back in, in January anyway. So how do you guys handle, you know, the next few months here where you are preparing for a season that you're not quite sure is going to happen? Well, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret because things have kind of gone a different direction right now. Um, as of right now, the bigger schools in, in our league, the EAL, the Reading schools, um, we have all decided to align with the state. So we are now playing in January no matter what. Um, I still think that has to be approved by the section. I don't think that has taken place yet, but I expect that to go through, um, and, and that'll be approved. Um, as of last Wednesday, Butte County got put on the watch list, so that automatically put us into online learning coming up here in the fall, which obviously allows us not to have any sports. So I think that decision right there made people kind of rethink some things. Uh, the EAL coaches kind of got together and uh, EAL, EAL administrators, uh, the principals and athletic directors, and said, hey, I think our best shot is trying to move with the state, keep everything as simple as possible, and let's, uh, you know, try to move everything to January. So that's currently where we are in the EAL. So the larger schools, like I said, I can't speak for – the lower divisions up here as to what they're thinking, what they're going to do. I just know it's going to be hard as all these counties start getting put on the watch list that, you know, I think eventually, you know, a lot more people are going to be moving to January. Yeah. I mean, things are happening so fast. We're, we're breaking news on our own podcast. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> but I mean, we, we sort of speculated on that. I mean, like it seems like it's some, in some ways that because the, and it works really well with the Northern section from my understanding in that there really is a, a geographical divide as well as a, a big school, small school divide. And in general, it seems like most of the Northern schools or the really, the really small schools are way up North where there's not, you know, watch Correct. this situation right now. So yeah. it's almost like the Northern section is just going to cut itself in half at some point. Yep. So, so what now 
I know that, you know, and like, and coach Reynolds, obviously yesterday, he, he's, he, you know, he's gotten to a few of the games and never won one. So he wants to get a pace too, but, but their league, they have small schools in their league. So I, I don't know. He, he kind of felt his league wanted to go with you guys, but I don't know if that's official yet, but you guys actually officially have voted. So what that means then is that conceivably uh, if, if the section and your board of managers approves it, uh, you larger schools would go in the would go with the CIF, but the smaller schools, provided they don't get put on the watch list, would go in the fall. Is that kind of what you're thinking might happen? Yeah, yeah, I do. I just I, I'm just not sure how how this is all going to play out because you know, and it's real interesting. Um, you know, e- even though you know you get the town of Paradise right, who just had their big tragedy, um, and they're considered a small school right now. Well, they're in Butte County. So they're on the watch list. So it's going to be hard for even a school that's w- within Butte County for them to go on and play in the fall when other teams, you know, might be able to. Um, so I, I think there's going to be a trickle down effect here. I, I think it might be divisions two and three that um, will go ahead and move to January. Uh, we do have some crossover games with some of those division three schools also. Um, <clears throat> And then it'll just be inter- interesting to see what divisions four and five do. Now, how, how does this change your preparation? Uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's changing day by day and how do you keep in contact with your kids and how, what's the communication like there? Yeah, it's been a, it's been, it's been a challenge. It's been interesting. Um, but we, we've done a really, really good job. I think uh, we're in communication with our kids once a week uh, via e- email. So, you know, we, we send out our, our um, weekly workout sheets from our strength coach um, we've got kids, if they've got questions, they can ask us. I feel like the majority of our kids um, at the upper levels, those um, you know, sophomores through seniors, um, have been sticking with the workouts. A lot of kids have their own home gyms, so that's been a huge plus for us. And then when we were able to come back in uh, June and get some practices in, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I was so impressed with how in shape our kids were and the fact that I think we only had one kid, you know, that had to throw up on the sidelines um, and everybody else made it through every single workout without any issues. So I know they were putting in the work in the off season. Um, We made it a point to have them send me videos of showing, you know, some of their workouts. And I I think that's, it's been a huge plus that we've kind of set a standard. Uh, I think our kids are holding to that standard and they're pushing one another. Um, So now it's just about trying to get that freshman class on board. And I think the three weeks that we were able to have in the summer, uh, was able to, to, you know, get those guys going in the right direction and hopefully we can get back with those guys to kind of keep this train rolling in the right direction. So now, is, what, it, is it your understanding uh, – sorry, Harold. Is it your, your understanding that the – assuming this, this goes down as you're describing with the northern section with the two kind of – like kind of split in half here, is it your understanding that you would still be eligible for um, – it would still be a sanctioned Northern section championship and a, or, or a section, you know, like a section championship. So it would allow you to move on to regionals. Yes. hundred percent. Yep. And that was kind of the whole point of us, you know, that was one of the points of us moving was, Hey, that allows us to align for state and gives our kids a shot at the uh, regionals and you know, state finals. So, and again, we, we, you know, it hasn't been just football. You know, we've had basketball teams that continually get into the state playoffs. Um, soccer teams, you know, with the NorCal regionals now, they've been doing that. The volleyball teams are consistently, um, you know, making the state run. So, you know, I think it's important that these kids have that opportunity. Yeah, but by the way, like you, 
Danny is a is a public school high school coach. He coaches soccer at Branham in San Jose. So okay. yeah. he's involved in this process also as a coach. So, you know, and his schedule got all changed around and everything. So Yeah, we don't have to wear those major those big parka. You guys you guys get to be in parka season. I know. Right? More so than we are this time. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be definitely different light and really wet. So I mean the small schools it seems right for them, I think, if they can go, because they, they, they haven't done anything anyway. I mean, I think the only school that really did anything, I, I think Fall River got in a couple of years ago, and they got smoked by St. Bernard's, okay? It was like 38 to nothing or something. But other than that, the small schools up your way really haven't done that much. So I guess they really don't care. That's the bottom line, I think, huh? Well, you know, again, I, I can't speak to the small schools, even though I was a small school coach. Um, you know, over at Hamilton City for many, many years, 12 years. Um, and again, we, we were lucky to get into the early state bowl game in 2008. You know, we went down there and we got smoked when we went down there. Um, so I, Didn't you have to wait like six weeks to play or something? Yeah, we, yeah it was about, about three to four weeks. I remember. We finally got those calls. Yeah. I that. Uh, well, one, of the, but, one of the things oh, – I'm sorry, go ahead, Mark. But, but, but I think it's important that, you know – even though we got smoked in that game back in 2008, right. it was such an incredible experience for the kids. I mean, it really, really was. A lot of kids that are first time that had never been out of the city, let alone in a hotel, let alone on, a, let alone on an airplane. Um, so it was a fantastic experience for those kids, even though, you know, we didn't come out on top in that game. But at the same time, with the schools up here, there's so many kids that they're in FFA, they're in – they're playing three and four sports at those smaller schools that, you know, their, their time constraint is just, it's yeah. slammed. And so, you know, if you do take a small school that ends up going to the state, well, now you're missing half your basketball team. Um, you know, and, and some of that overlaps here with the bigger schools, but there's enough kids that we can, the basketball teams can, you know, still play in their tournaments and, and move on with, without some of those crossover athletes. Um, I, I do think it's smart that if the smaller schools want to play in the fall and they don't care about a state system that you know they're able to get those games in now you guys are on the watch list now so that means you had three weeks or so of of, of the ability to work with the kids but you're shut down now i take it is that correct correct yep yeah we so we've had we're back to our emails once a week um and just kind of keeping kids going best we possibly can but what about shasta county is are they still able to work with their kids up there Okay, no. So what I was just told is that was part of the big EAL meeting is that um, the Shasta schools now have also been told to shut down. Um, I, I do think that their numbers are, are rising uh, up there, but I think that was part of the EAL agreement that um, no one could start up until we could get everybody on the same page and everybody was able to start on, on a level field. Okay, that makes sense. And I had a couple conversations with two coaches that said, yeah, they were directed by their superintendent to shut down all activities at this point. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's good competitive equity for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like this was the most logical solution. I mean, it, 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 you guys were put in a situation where uh, more than anything, player safety is and player health is, is obviously a major issue. And it's, it's such a huge uncertainty, even now with, you know, with the small schools up in the northern, you know, the northern northern section, and it seems to me like this is the way to go. I mean, now you have a, a target date, which I think, especially as a coach, you're gonna, you're going to appreciate, and you can 100%. start kind of lining up your your preparation as, as such, right? 
Yeah, and I, I think we can stop some of the wishy-washy, oh, here we are, we're on, we're off, we're on, we're off. Um, you know, it was just kind of that, that accordion that was going back and forth. You just didn't know what was happening because everything's changing day to day. And, you know, it's just like, all, all, you know, I mean, NCAA and everything else, everyone's still kind of like trying to figure this thing out as we go. Um, I think the biggest thing, my, my biggest concern when I heard that we were going to play in the fall was I was concerned that we were going to get two to three games in and then all of a sudden get shut down again. And then yeah. that was it. We're done. Well, there's your three games. I think by moving to January, this gives everyone the best opportunity for a vaccine to come out. It gives us four to five months to continue to plan. Um, you know, and then again, we're aligning with the rest of the state and a lot of us that have crossover games in the other sections, that was going to be an issue that, okay, now, you know, those schools were calling me saying, Hey, what are we going to do? We got to try to find games. And I was like, just hold the phone. Don't, don't cancel us yet. We're working on some things up here. Um, but I think it was going to create a lot of havoc for those other sections who had already said, Hey, we're moving to January. But, so, so your game, your game with Rancho Katati is tenant is still on then I take it. Is that correct? correct? Yep. So we're sticking with our out of section games at this point. I've contacted all three coaches. Um, and at this point, we're all trying to keep the exact same schedule that we had, um, you know, as if we were in the fall. And that works for you. I mean, you guys have – Danny left a little bit of this out in the intro, but I had mentioned in there that you schedule extremely tough. I was running out of breath, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to give you your props, uh, you know. But, you know, like even last year, you know, you played Valley Christian, you played Rancho, you played Del Oro. I mean, yeah, those are some those are some tough schools, but yet you still won a section championship. So I mean, uh, who who else beside Rancho do you have scheduled this year? I didn't look that closely, but who who else? Um, well, th this year was a little bit different uh, in the fact that our, our section decided that we were going to have to schedule crossover games within the division. So within Division Two and Division Three, that we we're going to get crossover games there to try to help help everybody with their travel cut down on some costs. Um, now you could get out of those games by mutual agreement um, if neither school wanted to play one another. And so this year um, we've been paired with Corning, who's a Division Three school, and Lassen, who's a Division Three school. You know, both those teams are top-notch teams in Division Three. They're always, you know, in, in the playoff run and vying for section titles. Um, so I think those are going to be real competitive games. Um, but we weren't able to secure some of those normal out-of-section games with Valley Christian you know, Del Oro and those schools like that, um, you know, for this upcoming year. So currently we've got Yuba City and River Valley still scheduled along with Rancho Catani. Yeah, and but 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 uh, Lassen, that's a good team. I mean, they're, oh, they're tough. Yeah. Tough. And I, I, I'm thankful we don't have to go up there. Because, well, you. Yeah, because it's going to be in the wintertime and it'd be four feet of snow on that field up there this year. Yeah. I was I was through Susanville a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It was, there was no snow. It was more like 95 degrees, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, coach, uh, we wanted to give the Northern section a voice. Okay. We know that you guys don't get to, don't get to shout out what you're doing out up there very often. Uh, and people kind of, you know, you're, you're, I'm not going to say you're off in the boonies cause you're not, I love it up there, but right. compared to the rest of the state, you're a little bit, you know, you're, you're, you're a little bit off in the, off the beaten path, but we still care about you. And now that you guys have got this going, we want to be sure that we gave you a voice and we really want to thank you uh, for coming on and uh, you know, best of success to you. And I hope I see you at a state championship. 
Yeah, thank you guys very much. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having us on and allowing us to uh, share our opinions and our, and our voice up here and kind of what was going on because I know there's a lot, of, a lot of rumors and a lot of speculation and who's doing this and who's doing that. And so, you know, again, still nothing officially decided yet, but I'm probably about 98% sure that that's probably how it's going to unfold. Well, now we got to now we got now, now we got to rush to get this podcast out so we don't get scooped, right? So yeah, exactly, 100%. the pressure's on. The pressure's on us. So once again, we yeah. thank thanks a lot, Mark, for for joining us, and good luck, good luck to you in the season and another championship run. Thank you, guys. Good luck to you in soccer as well. Thank you. Well, so Harold, that was a little bit of a surprise, I mean, hearing the news about the Eastern League. So what were your, what were your initial thoughts about that? Well, I had heard rumors about it, um, but, you know, rumors are rumors. Uh, and, you know, Coach Reynolds had told me also, and, and Coach Cooley had told me when I invited him onto this podcast, he had told me that that possibility did exist, but I hadn't, we hadn't, I hadn't heard back. Uh, since since I knew they met on Friday. I didn't know they were meeting on Friday, but it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, but if this section can pull it off, I think it would be good because I think we have to have some consideration for the smaller schools and the smaller areas, okay? If they've got student athletes that want to play more than one sport, okay, and by moving to the CIF schedule, that would preclude that in its entirety, then I think some kind of accommodation can be made. But, you know, look at what's happening in baseball right now. You know, they try to open up, and now they've got problems, all right? And even though they're trying their best to control it. So, I mean, I hope that if they pull it off, I, I, I pray that they don't have problems. I mean, it's, it's one thing because expectations come into play here. I mean, just to, just as recently as three years ago, we didn't even have regionals in soccer. And I know some sports have, them, have had them much longer than others, but I, I do think that the, the number one priority has to be to get a season in, uh, obviously with health, health considerations taken into, into account. Uh, and like Coach Cooley said, anything beyond that is, is, is gravy. I mean, you, you do the best you can. You, win, you go as far as you can go. If, if you, you can only go as far as section, that's fine. If you can only go as far as a regional game, that's fine. If you can go all the way to state, that's great too. So I think um, I think they did the right thing. I think that, that if you know, assuming that goes through, that's the reasonable approach is to again try to accommodate the individual schools and in leagues and situations as best as possible, and that seems to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is, and and geographically they are a lot different. You know, I mean, they're similar in some respects to San Diego. San Diego has a lot of small schools, and the NCS has a lot of small schools. Up. You know, in in the Redwood, the, the the Redwood Empire area north of me here in the Sonoma County, all the way up to the Oregon border, we have a ton of small schools, a ton of small schools, but you know, um, they're 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 not they're not breaking off like the northern section is. So you know, I think some of it could or might not have to do with politics. Politics were a little different up there, uh, you know, and uh, so. I mean, it is what it is, but I'm glad we were able to give the northern section a voice, okay? I, 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 I would venture to say, Danny, that we're the only major media outlet in the state that reached out to the northern section to find out what's going on up there. I'm disappointed that as of this time, I haven't been able to get any quotes from Commissioner Kyle, but 
I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And maybe if we get something, because uh, she's on vacation, uh, we, can, we can add it in, post, uh, post edit it in, if, if we can get something from her. Because obviously, if they switched to the fall, to go in the fall, obviously, she had to have some input into this. So, you know, and, and she can speak for the smaller schools, maybe. But we'll see what we can do. I'll try. And then, uh, but otherwise, I'm, I'm really satisfied and happy that we were able to give these guys a voice because these are some successful programs, okay? And people need to know what's going on with some of the successful programs in our outlying areas. Well, yeah, I thought I was going to take about 10 minutes reading his accomplishments. So <laughs> I was running out of gas there. I was fading. Um, well, I mean, high school sports is, is obviously just a small part of the overall, you know, landscape of things when it comes to this pandemic. And you mentioned you alluded to you know, Major League Baseball having its problems. But I'm just hopeful that having some certainty now, and even now we have a little bit, at least a degree of certainty in the northern section as well, but all, certainly all the other sections, that we can get to the point now where as, a, as communities, and we got to start from the ground up to be able to say, okay, well, look, if nothing else, let's, let's do it for the kids. Let's make sure that we are responsible and, and, and do what we can to make sure that the kids have an opportunity to have some semblance of, of a normal uh, academic year, including uh, extracurriculars like sports. So I think in that regard, it's, it's a good thing. And that's what we're all about, Danny. That's what you've created here at prep to prep It's about giving these kids opportunities, okay? Not only through prep to prep but also through the new prep to prep Foundation. It's all about giving these kids opportunities. And, you know, that's why we do this. It's for the kids. Well, with that, we hope you enjoyed this edition of the Beyond the Game podcast. Uh, once again, on behalf of Nate Smith and Harold Aubin, we would like to thank our guests, Ryan Reynolds and Mark Cooley, for joining us. Please remember to subscribe to the Prep to Prep Beyond the Game podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. And don't forget to visit us at prep2prep.com and follow us on Twitter at prep2prepsports and Instagram at prep2prep. For all of us at prep2prep, thanks so much for tuning in.